0: Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Happy New Year and welcome to 2024. I cannot believe we're in 2024, but okay. It feels like, I don't know, a couple of years ago, we had Y2K and all that business with turning 2,000. I don't know. Time is just going at a rapid clip, especially now that my daughter is about to start high school, and I just cannot believe it. Anyway, here we are. We are going to talk today about the top 10 ways to stay out of court in 2024. Now, you might be wondering, Well, Jen, why do I want to stay out of court in 2024? Well, I think you know the answer to that question. You never win in court. It's ridiculously expensive. It takes a ton of resources. And when you think about it, what is the point? You're arguing. You're not doing anything beneficial. You're not solving the world's problems. You're not making your products or working with your clients and your customers. So today, I would like to talk to you about the practical things you can do to avoid workplace liability, okay? And I mean workplace legal liability, right? For employment law matters. So number 10 is I want you to follow appropriate hiring discipline and separation practices. Now, obviously, we could spend three days talking about what all of those practices are. But the most important thing, I think, is to understand what are you required to do by law? So, you know, there are certain hiring documents, posters, that sort of thing you have to give employees. There are separation documents you have to give in California. Um, There are three of them that people forget about, the Notice of Change in Relationship, the DE-2320, which is the Employment Development Department's uh, document on unemployment and disability benefits, and then also the HIP Notice, H-I-P-P which tells employees about health care, but has nothing to do with a COBRA notice or whether they were actually on your health care plan while working. Those three notices are required. And then when you talk about discipline, of course, if you're a union workplace or a public sector workplace, you may have some specific requirements that you need to follow. But it is critical that you know what you're supposed to be doing in this area. And of course, you do so consistently, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Number nine, I want you to set reasonable expectations for your team. Now, I know that reasonable minds can differ about what's reasonable, but you want to be very clear about what your expectations are. I think that is one of my biggest challenges as a leader is being willing to set the expectations up front and rather than hoping, as I do, that people will just figure it out, right? I don't like the potential conflict of having to tell people what I need. I don't like to have to sound like I'm being bossy when I'm saying, okay, this is how I want you to do it. The problem, though, is I have ideas about how I want it done. And so if I don't communicate those ideas, if I don't let the team know what they're supposed to be doing, I'm wasting their time. I'm avoiding an opportunity to coach them and mentor them It just doesn't make any sense, right? So we want to make sure that we're setting those expectations and communicating them. You have to do performance evaluations. I know you don't want to do them. I get it. They take a lot of time. I understand the end of every year I spend weeks doing performance evaluations for our staff and our lawyers, but I think they're really important, and I love the impact that they have on just driving people wanting to do a good job. Um, I get feedback during the process, which I am so grateful to receive, about how I can do a better job. There's just so many good things about doing regular evaluations. Now, remember, you should be giving input to your employees every day, right? When I say evaluations, conducting regular evaluations or appraisals, I'm talking about those formal processes where you fill out a document, then you have a meeting. By the way, you don't just send the document and tell the employee, hey, let me know if you have questions. This is their chance to meet with you and to have an opportunity to discuss what they think is going well, their own opportunity areas, what you can do better. I know a lot of people have said these are a waste of time. I just could not disagree more. I know it takes time and energy. I don't care what system you use. I don't care if you use numerical ratings or you use words or you have people write things out in paragraphs. Whatever you want to do, just do it. Okay, do those evaluations on time. You expect your employees to get their work done on time. You have to do their evaluations on time. All right, number seven, effectively respond to internal complaints. You all know how to respond to internal complaints. I want you to make sure you have a process so that you are doing so effectively so that you can manage what has gone on and what you have learned so you can follow up when you need to about training opportunities or other things that may be part of a resolution You can't just shut your eyes in this area and figure that your good instincts are going to kick in if you need to do something. You want to have procedures in place so that when a complaint comes in, you know how to respond to it. Do you have to do an investigation? The truth is, you don't always have to do an investigation. All right. Sometimes you know exactly what happened, you may not know what you want to do about it but don't do an investigation unless there's something that you need to know that you don't know. There will always be things you don't know, but is there something you need to know that you don't know? That's when you're going to do an investigation, all right? Number six, drive wage hour compliance. Okay, the number one way for you to get sued is not following wage hour rules. You don't pay overtime correctly to your non-exempt employees. Your wage statements don't contain the information they should contain. These are really low-hanging fruit for plaintiff's lawyers. So you've got to think about things like on-call time, rest breaks and meal periods. What do you do with your timekeeping system? All of those kinds of things you need to think through as part of your wage hour compliance program. Remember, the vast majority of employees in your workplace are going to be non-exempt. That means you are going to be on the hook to make sure that they're getting paid for every hour worked, that they're taking their rest breaks and meal periods, that they're paid for any time that they may be working, even if it's away from the workplace or it's in their off hours. All right, and remember, federal law is much different than California law here, so you've gotta make sure that you've got your wage hour practices down pat. Number five, document, document, document. Every time we write a position statement for the Civil Rights Department or the EEOC, or we go to the Labor Commissioner, or we have to respond to a demand letter from an opposing counsel, we need your contemporaneous documentation. I can craft a story that sounds great, but if there's no documentation to back it up, it doesn't have as much credibility. It's not going to have as much weight. So again, I don't care what systems you use or how you do your documentation, whether you do it in a notebook, you do it in an email to yourself that's ongoing, you have um, some other process or procedure that you're using. Do whatever you want but make sure you are creating contemporaneous documentation. That is critical to avoiding liability because otherwise what happens is it looks like we're reverse engineering, right? It looks like we're trying to cover something up when that's not what we're doing. We're not trying to cover something up, at least most of the time, right? I hope not. But don't create that impression by quickly trying to draft documentation after the fact much more important to do it contemporaneously number four utilize your resources okay that means other hr eeo professionals that means the lawyers you work with that means your leadership team use every resource you have available to you okay some of this stuff is tricky when you're talking about leave management, you're talking about issues of performance where you have a really good employee with a bad attitude. What do I do with this person, right? I I don't want to get rid of them. We need them because they're good at what they do. On the other hand, they're creating a lot of problems for us because of their behavior. If you can use your resources wisely It will make such a difference. I know lawyers cost money, and one of the reasons why we do this podcast and the blog and the training is we don't want you to have to call us all the time. We want to empower you to be able to do things on your own. But every once in a while, you need to call to make sure what you're doing is correct. If you fire someone who's been on leave, and then you get a demand letter, and then you call and say, oh, you mean I should have done X or Y? Well, in this case, you probably should have, right? So if your gut is telling you that you need some expert advice, call your counsel. Make sure that you've got what you need. 99% of the time, it's not going to be necessary. But if when it is, you want to make sure you're using that resource. Same thing with people you meet at conferences, people you meet in training sessions, If you connect with someone, get their information, right? Use them as a resource. Number three, be consistent. This doesn't mean that everyone is going to be treated the same because different facts call for different actions. So you won't always do everything the same way. But what I do want you to think about is consistency. Are you always treating your employees like they are your most favorite employee. Like there's no one you'd rather be working with. They are absolutely the cat's meow. Because remember, if you do that, even with the people who you don't necessarily feel that way about, you're going to be in such a good place for avoiding liability. You're just not going to have to worry on the area of discrimination or harassment or retaliation because you're going to be able to show that what you're doing is consistent. You would have treated other people in the same situation the same way. All right, number two, talk the talk and walk the walk. I got to tell you, 2024 is my year of being more direct. It's also my year of no house projects. My sister, who is amazing, and a, she's a home organizer and a business owner and an operations manager. She's incredible. And she finally said to me early this fall, no more house projects because I tend to hire the worst possible contractors. They don't get anything done on time. The price comes out being crazy. Anyway, it's insane. So, It's my year of being transparent and direct, and it's also my year of no house projects. Okay, here's how I'm going to be direct with you. You can't screw this up. You can't let yourself or your leaders behave in a way that is inconsistent with what you expect your employees to do. That is a recipe for disaster. So take a step back. Think about what is really going on in your workplace and make sure that you've got this buttoned up. Everybody needs to talk the talk and walk the walk. It is what it is. It doesn't mean we have to agree with each other. It doesn't mean we're always going to see things the same way from the same perspective, but we've got to be sure that everybody is clear about their expectations and that they are doing what we expect, all right? Number one in this area of the top 10 ways to stay out of court in 2024 is to follow your internal policies and procedures. Okay, I know you're all about to, to roll out a new handbook. Good for you. You should do it every year. If you're a public entity, you may roll out new procedures manuals. You may update equal employment opportunity policies. Whatever you're doing, you want to be consistent. It's good idea to get them out at the beginning of the year as a reminder but you have to follow them. You have to say what you're going to do and then do what you said you were going to do. Okay, there's two parts of that. Now, it also means that when your policies become stale or the law has changed so they're not enforceable, it's not really what you should be doing anymore, that you need to make that change, okay? Now, listen, I know we're at our 15 minutes here, top 10 ways to keep you out of court. There is one final opportunity for you on January 9th to be able to participate in our legal update. It's our last one. You're going to want to do it. The other two have sold out. Register right away. There's a little bit of room left. You are going to want to participate. There's three and a half hours, a chock full of Things You Need to Do for 2024, New Laws, New Court Decisions, New Regulatory Developments. Everyone, thank you so much for joining me here this morning. Have a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction.